Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life. When the markets are down, there may still be opportunities. Foster and Motley financial planner Joe Patterson is with me to talk about tax planning in these markets. I'm Patrice Sikora. Joe, there's no question markets have slumped. So what role do tax strategies play in finding a silver lining? Yeah, Patrice, this is very much a glass half full discussion today. Um, <laughs> no one is excited about down markets, but it does, like all markets, create opportunities. And And we'll talk today about a few of the opportunities that are relatively easy to implement. There's a lot you can do to take advantage of market weakness. We'll hit on a few high points today. All right. Well, let's start with, uh, where do you want to start? You're the one who knows this stuff. Sure. Let's dig in. So a very common strategy is one we refer to as tax loss harvesting. So this presumes that you have investment assets held in a taxable brokerage account. So we're not talking about a 401k or an IRA or even a Roth IRA here. We're talking about an account that's taxable, meaning whatever happens in that account, buys, sells, gains, losses, dividends, interest, you pay taxes on. So at its most basic, when you buy a stock and sell it, you either have a gain or a loss. If you have a gain and you sell the stock, you realize a taxable gain that's taxed on your personal tax return. Uh, conversely, if you sell a stock at a loss and realize what we call a capital loss, that loss can do a couple things. One most obviously, it can offset gains. So if I have $10,000 of capital gain and I realize a $5,000 capital loss in that same tax year, then now my capital gain for the year has gone down to $5,000. So selling stocks when markets are down, and of course, there's more opportunities to sell stocks at a loss when markets are down like they are this year, allows you to do a couple things. Like I said, one, you can offset current year gains, right? So whatever happens inside the tax year. If you end the year in a net loss position, which can happen in years like this, that also gives you two more opportunities. One of which is you can offset up to $3,000 of income, not from capital gains. Hmm. Uh, so that could be earned income from your W-2 with a capital loss. And if you have additional loss beyond the 3,000, then you can do what's called a loss carry forward. Uh, meaning, let's say I end the year with a $10,000 loss position and I earned income from working, let's say I earned $50,000. Well, I, my income will now be reduced to 47,000 in my example, because I can use 3,000 of that loss to offset earned income. The other 7,000 of loss isn't lost forever, so to speak. It carries forward to a future year. So let's say and hope we get up markets next year and my portfolio I'm able to realize some capital gains. Uh, I can offset the first 7,000 of that capital gain with my loss carry forward. And the good thing about carrying forward losses is it is not a time-restricted activity. So if we have a couple bad years in the market, pile up some losses in the portfolio, those are a future asset that can offset future gains. Is there a maximum to the carry forward, Joe? There's not. So really, again, the oh. only the only restriction is that 3000 limit each year, right? So 
a 3000 loss can offset income beyond that it's carrying forward. And I should say there is one time limit and that is when you, when you die. So if you had a, a loved one who had some losses carried forward, it would be a good opportunity to find some capital gains to offset those losses if it made sense to do so. I was going to say, let them know when you think you're going to die. Yeah. Well, that's a tougher <laughs> question sometimes. It is. It is. All right, Joe, we've been hearing a lot about Roth conversions. Is this a time to take a closer look at these? Yeah. When markets and investment securities are down in value, uh, that presents an opportunity. So a handful of years back, the IRS eliminated income restrictions on Roth conversions. And a Roth conversion, of course, is simply withdrawing money from an IRA and transferring it to your Roth IRA. That creates taxable income. And why would we want to do that? Well, by converting and effectively recharacterizing tax-deferred IRA assets to a Roth IRA, anything that happens with those assets going forward is tax-free, right? Because they're now in the Roth. The cost, of course, is in the short term, you have to pay the tax on a conversion. So typically with a Roth conversion, we're talking to younger folks who have a long time horizon to realize the benefit of the payback or folks who find themselves in a low tax bracket. Uh, and that could be folks of any age, younger because you're in your earlier earnings years, previously retired, but not yet taking distributions from IRAs or social security. So this could apply to a handful of different situations, but why do it when the markets are down? Well, the good thing about down markets, particularly in stocks that where we might own those in a Roth IRA, if your value in your investment assets goes down, then the value of those in the future and the future appreciation potential goes up, right? Mm -hmm. So all things being equal, I expect to earn more on my stock investments today than I did when the year started, right? Because we've had a pretty material correction in markets. Uh, even with a couple of nice days recently, markets are still down quite a bit this year, 15, 20% or more, depending on the index we're talking about. So if I can convert Roth assets when values are lower and valuations are lower, then I basically amplify the potential future payback of that conversion, right? Because the cost of the conversion is paying tax today. Uh, and that's a material cost, right? So the cost is not going to change necessarily, but the kind of bang for your buck could mm -hmm. if you get more return on those dollars in the future. So something worth thinking about. All right. So now that's the Roth IRA. Is there anything a, a traditional IRA can offer in this market? Yeah. If you find yourself in a year like this year, when it's possible that you will report lower taxable income than the previous year or following years, then not only would a Roth conversion be interesting, right? Because potentially you find yourself in a lower tax bracket, but just taking out additional IRA withdrawals might be interesting as well. Um, so this is kind of the folks who are 59 and a half or older, right? Because you're not going to be subject to any penalties uh, on your withdrawals from an IRA. Uh, maybe you're retired, um, likely you're retired, right? Because then your income is lower, but probably not in required distribution status at age 72, and maybe not even taking social security yet. You find yourself in these kind of intermediate years where your income is quite low, but you're retired. You still need some funds to live on. So 
it may just be intriguing to pull money out of an IRA now, even though you don't have to, because the effective rate on those withdrawals is quite low. So that's something else to consider in a year like this when other sources of income like capital gains might be down from a normal year or even zero, right? That makes taking money out of an IRA more intriguing than it would in a normal year. Now, you mentioned 59 and a half and older, but when you hit 72, you've got those RMDs to worry about. How does that kick in? Yeah. So so right now, the law says at age 72 for any tax deferred assets, most of which are IRAs for most folks, but what could also apply to a 401k if you have funds in there as well, you have to take out a percentage each year. The government wants their taxes. And that percentage is relatively low to start. You know, less than 4% goes up a little bit each year by percentage. So once you hit that point, then you have a baseline withdrawal required each year meaning you have a baseline income level associated with that. And for for many people who have been saving for a long time and not withdrawing from their IRAs, the values are significant. So even a small percentage of a big number, you know, can be a decent amount of income. One thing to keep in mind is for folks in that RMD required minimum distribution status at age 72 or older, you can make qualified charitable distributions up to $100,000 a year directly from your IRA to a qualified charitable organization. And that's a pretty powerful tool because you're getting a tax benefit on that regardless of whether you're itemizing. And of course, with the change in tax law from four years ago, five years ago now, many people are not by design itemizing anymore. So a qualified charitable distribution isn't a deduction. It's simply a dollar for dollar reduction in your income, which is even better than a deduction because you don't have to itemize. So keep that in mind as well. All right. How about the family? Do we give anything to the family? Will that help us? Well, that's a loaded question, as always. (laughs) Uh, But for folks who are actively in family gifting mode, typically clients with more wealth, certainly clients who have wealth in excess of the current estate tax exclusion limits. But really, we're talking for a married couple a wealth exceeding $24 million. So that's a fairly small subset. I mean, it's a really small subset of of our clients, of certainly of people in this country. But not everybody who is doing family gifting uh, is doing it just to avoid future estate tax. Oh, that's, that's a great reason. But if you think about our Roth conversion example, really the same rule applies here in that, you know, holding all things equal, it's better to give away assets when... The valuation on those assets is lower, right? If I'm going to give you 10 shares of a stock that's worth $10,000 now, and it was worth 15000 a year ago, those same 10 shares, then I get a more bang for my buck by giving you that gift now. So you're maximizing the value of gift by giving away the same number of the shares at a lower price or more shares at a lower price to equal what it would have been worth a year ago. So that, again, thinking about the Roth, thinking about the family, giving, all things being equal, it's better to convert assets or give away assets at lower valuations when thinking about gifting and thinking about Roth conversions. And as always, as we wrap this up, talk to your advisor, have a conversation about what makes the most sense for your situation. And Joe, if listeners want to reach you, how can they do that? Sure. Uh you can find us online at www.fosterandmotley.com, fosterandmotley.com. 
or reach out to us toll-free 1-800-532-2962. And for more inside information, great conversations, follow this Foster and Motley podcast about life and wealth. Of course, share with others who you care about. And thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Keep in mind that rules and regulations are subject to change. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.